We're going to Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24. Why are you going there? We're, we're in the middle of this series called, I Wanted Blank, But God Gave Me Blank. And there's this idea that sometimes what we desire in our own hearts, what we desire, what we think is the right thing for us may not necessarily be what God wants to give to us. And sometimes we need to, well, all the time we need to be in a place where we really trust What God gives to us is the best. Anyway, today, the topic is, I wanted likes, but God gave me love. Okay, let's read Luke 15, 11 to 24. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, uh, (coughs) threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead And he's alive again. He was lost and he's now found. So they began to celebrate. Amen. Amen. I want to start with a question. How far have you gone to be accepted? How far have you gone in your life to be liked? How far have you gone to receive the approval of someone around you. I want to show you a video. I think it's one of the funniest videos. Pretty good, right? For all the single men out there, that's how you do it, all right? I'm just saying that's how you impress, okay, especially if you're going to meet your future 
in-laws. You know what? That ad is, it, it's such a great ad because it really touches into one of the core elements of our humanity, and that's the desire to be accepted, the desire to be liked. You know, our, one of our human desires uh, deep down inside of us is that we, we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to be approved. And, and it's truly amazing how far we will go to receive this like whether it be a hairstyle, whether it be a type of clothing that we wear, a career we choose, a person we marry, humans will go above and beyond just to be liked. You know, for some of us, it goes even further than just acceptance and approval. For some of us, we, we, we go even further because we want to not just be liked, but we want to be popular. We want to be famous. And some of us, we will go even further to be not just known, but to be famous. But for the majority of us, it's not even about being famous. It's just about not being rejected. So how do we go about this? How do we go about this craving, this uh, fulfilling the craving of our heart? Well, what we do is we align ourselves to what we consider social norm, society's norms. The things that society tells us are acceptable and approved. Do this and you will be liked. Listen to this type of music and you will be liked. Talk like this and you will be in. But the thing about social norms is that depending on what our society is, these norms change all the time. We live in a, we live in a, a, a world that the, 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 the speed of change to what is cool, what is acceptable, what is approved, changes so quickly. Uh, one of the examples of this is like trends, fads, right? So I, I got a few photos of some of the trends that have come and gone. Fidget spinners, right? Who, let's be honest, right? Who here had a fidget spinner, right? Like, oh, be loud and proud, right? Like, I had... I, I had three. You know, like, it's amazing how fun they are. Well, when they were popular, man, this was every kid last year. But now, no one plays with fidget spinners, right? Let's check these ones. These are called skinny jeans. See, I want to say that before skinny jeans became famous and popular and the in thing, I believe I discovered them before. I think I'm the trendsetter, but they weren't called skinny jeans. I just had fatter legs. And they just made the jeans skinny, right? For a while, this was the in thing. Like, you had to wear skinny jeans. But do you know what was before skinny jeans? And this is now my generation. It was hip-hop baggy jeans. Now, did anyone own a pair of Kepa jeans? It's a pair, I couldn't find a photo of them, but they're, they're, they're called Kepa jeans, and there was this brand of jeans, and, and, and if you were a size 30, you would wear a size 36 Kepa jeans, and the coolest thing about the Kepa jeans was they didn't come in normal colors, like, you know, normal blue. They came in like purple, Maroon, red, green, black. But the thing was, it was the in 
thing. I'm just confessing my sin to you. I had a maroon pair. And I, it was the coolest pair. I wore them every day. But if I wore them today, I would be ridiculed. I would be, I would be mocked. See, that's the society we live in. Where these trends of what is cool and what is attractive and what is acceptable, it changes so quick. See, the problem with chasing these likes and this kind of approval in our lives is society changes so quick. It's like chasing the wind. It's like trying to run in the same direction as the wind, but as soon as the wind changes, you've got to change. The world is a fickle place. And this word fickle, it just means it frequently changes. The world is a, a, a fickle place. You know, one day, the world will tell you, you are attractive because you are skinny. And the very next day, they will tell you that we hate you because you are skinny. One day, you're cool because you love meat. And the next day, you're a murderer because you love meat. You know, one day we're accepted, but the very next day we can feel rejected for exactly the same reason. See, the problem is we're trying to fulfill our desire for acceptance or approval in a world that is unstable, in a world that is ever-changing. And we're basing our worth and our value in a topsy-turvy world. And the end result of this is this. When we don't receive the approval and the acceptance that we desire from the world, we get crushed. We get crushed. Our identity becomes crashing down around us. Our worth and our value just, just dives. See, we all have the desire to be liked. We all have the desire to be accepted. We, we, we don't just want it, we crave it. Even for those that think, well, you know, no, 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 I'm, I'm independent. I don't care what the world says. No, no, the, there's a deep down desire inside of each and every one of us that desires for someone to approve of who we are and what we do. That's our human condition. And we, we, we do this all the time. It might be the way you look. It might be the way you do your hair. It might be the clothes that you wear, the brands or the no brands. It might be the work that you're involved in, the money that you earn, how many houses you have, how many followers on Instagram you have. See, but the problem is while, while many of us look for this in this world, while many of us try to find the answer for all of this, in the world that we live in. This desire, this craving, can really only be met by God. See, do I get mood lighting? <laughs> Thanks, Chase. See, God, you know, God is different. God is not fickle. God is not one 
way one day and another the next. God doesn't just hand out likes and approval and acceptance whenever he feels like it. God gives us something more than all of this. He gives us his love. And I just want to share three things with you about his love that I want you to hear tonight. About why what God gives to us is different from what the world gives to us. The first is this, God's love is unchanging. God's love is unchanging. Deuteronomy 7, 9 reads this, If you have been doing your read scripture, you would have read this passage this week. Amen. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to what? A thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. God's love for us, his affections for us have not changed since the beginning of time. They are the same yesterday, today, and will be the same tomorrow because he is a faithful God. Unlike the fads and trends of this world, God's character and love never change. Never change. His love is unchanging. The second thing is God's love is unconditional. Romans 8, 37 to 39, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is an amazing verse because it says there is nothing there is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that can happen around you in your situation or circumstance that will change or take away the love of God for you. And this isn't just in the past. It's not just in the present, but it's also in the future. To know that no matter what you do in your life, God's love for you will never change. We understand that His love for us is unconditional. See, it's not like us. We're conditional. When we're in a good situation, we love. But when someone makes us angry, we stop loving. But God is not like that. His character is greater than this. He loves and loves and loves and loves. Thirdly, God's love is unending. Psalm 136.1 reads, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. If you read that Psalm 136, every second line is His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. An everlasting love. God's love is not a one-off. It's not seasonal. It's not even until we die. But it goes for eternity. The story we read today of the prodigal son that we find in Luke 15, the younger of the two brothers one day turns up and demands his inheritance from the father. And the father gives 
him his part of the inheritance and, and, and for the son in his attempt to find this love, this, uh, this like, this approval, this acceptance, he takes, he takes his finance and he goes. And he goes in verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, I just want to take a moment, right? Squandered his wealth in wild living. Like this boy, he had a lot of money. He had a lot of money. And he's gone, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to go find a place where I'm accepted. I'm going to go find a place where I can find approval. I'm going to find a place where I can be popular and famous. And so he goes and he takes his bulk money and he just, or it says he, he squandered in his wealth in wild living. In other versions, it says reckless living, reckless. What's behind the reckless living? I, I, I think it's the desire to be liked, the desire to be popular, the desire for approval. But one day the money runs out and he finds himself in a hole. And how many would know so quickly, right? The friends that turned up when you had money or because you had money, suddenly when that money runs out, so do those friends. So this son finds himself in a hole, no money, no food, no friends. Feeding pigs. Not just feeding pigs, wanting to eat what the pigs were eating. We see him at the lowest point of his life. And he comes to his senses and he decides to go back. And this is what I want to look at. He decides to go back in the hope that the father, that that he rejected. Now remember, he told his father, I want your inheritance. Remember what that means. An inheritance is something that you receive from a parent when they die. So for a son to say to the father, I want your inheritance, what the son was ultimately saying was, I would rather, you are worth nothing to me. You are worth less than the money that that I'm going to receive from you. So I, I want you dead so I can receive my inheritance now. That's what the son said. And this is the son that's now thinking to himself, you know, how, how can I go back to my father? And he's worked out in his mind, well, man, I'm, I'm starving to death, but, but my father, he has slaves, he has servants, and they had food left over. Even the slaves had food left over. You know what? I'm going to go back, and you know what? I can't ask dad to take me back, and that's okay. I, that's out of the... The, the, the picture, I'm just going to ask for a job. And maybe dad might just give me a job. Go to verse, I think it's verse 18. I'm guessing. Here we go. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, now this is what, this is what you need to listen to. What the, the son is thinking. Go back. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And that's what he's thinking in his mind. So God, uh, Father, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I rejected you. You know, I deserve to be dead. I don't deserve to be your son. Just wondering if you got a job. And you know, 
there's a part of this story, and we don't know how far the son was from the father. But what you can imagine is the whole trip that the son is walking home, he's trying to work out how he can convince the dad that he is worthy of just even a job. He's trying to work out what he can do to be somewhat accepted by the father, somewhat approved by the father. And you know what? So many of us find ourselves in this situation. You know, so many of us look at our own lives and we think, you know what? I have a broken life at the best of times. I have a sinful life. I have a a flawed life. How, How can I go back to God? And so many of us, in our desire to be accepted by God or, or find the approval of God or somewhat to think that, that, you know, to receive the love of God, what we're doing in our minds is we're trying to come up with a logical and rational explanation of how we can go back to God. And that's what this son's doing. He's just, he's just working on this speech. You know, I'm so sorry. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't deserve to be your son. You know, just make me a slave. I, you know, I'll just be a slave. You know, and, and, and all he's thinking is, how can I justify this? And how can I come up with this story that, that how, how can I be accepted by the Father? What can I do to be accepted? Oh, I'll just be a slave. I'll just work for him for the rest of his life. I think so, so many of us, we, we find ourselves in this struggle too. We're not good enough. We sin. We, we fall short of the glory of God. God's standard is here and we get nowhere near. And we find ourselves in this gap. In this gap of desiring the Father's love, desiring the approval of our God, our Creator, and yet knowing that we are not good enough for it knowing that we will never be even close to receiving what we, des- uh, what we uh, want, which is the Father's love. You know, we, when we go back to the story, the, the Father had every right to reject the Son. Uh, back in the day, culturally, like, the Son even saying, look, I want your inheritance. The, the, the Father had right. He had uh, legal right to take that son out to the edge of the city, tell all his mates, look, this is my son who just said this to me, and you know what, let's go stone him. Let's kill him. And he had legal right to do that. You know, the son rejected the father first and told him that he was better off. Like, don't don't misunderstand where the son's coming from. There is nothing. There is nothing good that the Son has done. There is nothing good, nothing even close to good that the Son has inside of Him. And don't, don't be fooled. Oh, you know, the Son had a repentant heart. No, the Son just wanted to live. The Son just wanted to survive. He, he just felt bad because he got no food in his stomach. And yet we see this amazing picture of the son who trudges home and this father who's waiting on the the, the family porch and sees the son 
And we, we need to understand the picture of the, the, the father that has been waiting. It's his father that is just waiting every day. You don't know how long it's been. He's just been waiting and waiting and waiting for the chance that this son might turn up. And the son continues to walk and the father sees and the father runs out to the son. And you know what? The son is like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for the speech. I'm ready. I, I, I got it in my mind. I got it in my mind. I don't know where it is. Verse something. <laughs> it's coming. Keep going. Okay, we'll go from there. But while he had a, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please. See, one of the cool things about this passage is he actually never gets to even finish his speech. Because for the father, there, there was no justification needed. Because for the son, uh, for the father, the fact that the son was home. The fact that the son was alive was all the father needed. We wanted likes, but God gave us love. We wanted acceptance and approval, and we've been living our lives trying to earn it from those around us, trying to earn it from those in our family, trying to earn it even with our own God. And God says, you don't need to earn it. You don't need to earn my approval or you definitely don't deserve it. That's what Ephesians 2 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. It is by grace. It is the, the love of God, the acceptance and the approval of God is a free gift to you. No one here deserves the love of God. No one here deserves to be in the presence of God. And you might think to yourself, you know what, I'm not that bad. I've tried to live a good life. I've, I've tried to live a, a morally righteous life. The Bible tells us all have fallen short of the glory. All. We're saved because of the grace of God, a free gift that God gives to each and every one of us. Galatians 1.10 reads, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. These verses tell us that we cannot continue to try to seek the approval of both God and the world. It's a choice. It's a choice that each and every one of us must make. We can choose to chase the likes that the world gives. Fame, fortune, success, status, popularity, power. 
And we can allow these things to determine our value and worth. Or you can choose to be embraced by the love of God, which you totally did not deserve, which you totally did not earn, but is freely given to us because of His grace. Friends, I pray tonight that you'd find some peace. Some peace knowing that it's what it's God's love that satisfies the cravings of our souls, not the likes of this world. And that you will continue to seek God to fulfill you, to satisfy you. You know, tonight is... Baptism Sunday. And we have this amazing privilege where we get to witness people that have come to make this decision in their lives. To say, you know what, I, I am a sinner and I have been living for myself, but, but it's just never been good enough. Just to know that You don't need to be good to be loved by God. You don't need to be holy to be loved by God. You don't even need to have your life all together to be loved by God. That his love for each and every one of us is given freely.